Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got an awesome nuclear revenge story of standing up to your workplace bully. It's written by Ordos Deluxe. Standing up to my workplace bully led to unforeseen consequences. Let me start this one out by saying that I fully intended to seek revenge on the person in this story, but the aftershock of the eventual confrontation is what led to the aforementioned consequences rather than by my direct actions. I work in the UK for a large technology company doing software support. I'm part of a team that has members all over the world. I've been in this job for around 10 years, and other than the major issues I've had with this guy, I truly enjoy my job. When I started with the company, I wouldn't say that I was green. I had about 7 years industry experience under my belt. I was definitely inexperienced with the company, but the job that I had been hired to do used technologies that I was more than comfortable with. The point I'm trying to convey here is that I wasn't completely oblivious to all of the applications supported by our company. Everyone on my team, around 30 of us, was very nice and was very keen to help. Except for Shane. Shane is probably what you would term the team guru, about 5 years from retirement, part of the office furniture, metaphorically as we were all home workers. He'd been with the company for nearly 40 years. Everyone labeled Shane as the only guy to go to when you were truly in a bind. When I was initially starting out, I did indeed find that Shane was highly knowledgeable and more often than not had the answers to whatever obscure questions you might have. Things were great and our team ticked over nicely. I got to know the rest of the team well over phone over time too. And my best friend was a woman named Mel. She was of a similar age and experience level to Shane and in my opinion was just as knowledgeable as him. One day Mel and I were on a brief call chatting about a work issue when we got to shooting the breeze for a while. We talked about ourselves and also the team. I had said that I hadn't met anyone face to face yet, and that is when she told me that she once met Shane in person a couple of years ago. They're both based in the US, I'm in the UK, and both got invited to a tech conference in New York. She told me that he has serious health issues due to his weight, around 450 pounds, and when he was home was often on oxygen and medication. His plan was to ride things out until he was able to take early retirement so that he didn't need to worry about paying for his medical insurance anymore. That sounded like a reasonable enough plan to me, and we were soon talking about something else. The issue started about two years into my tenure with the company. We started moving in a new direction with what applications we were going to be offering to customers, and towards that end, we were trained in a bunch of new stuff. I saw this as a great opportunity and equalizer. If no one on our team had any experience with this new software, then I would be on equal footing with everyone. This went really well for me and I put a lot of time and effort into learning as much as possible. Shane didn't show much interest in the new stuff. He still continued to spend most of his time with the legacy tools. In team meetings, you could clearly tell he was getting pissed off that his status as a guru was gradually becoming more and more meaningless. This wasn't anything personal, we work in software, you have to adapt in order to remain competitive. 
As time went on, it was becoming clear to the team how much work I was putting in, and I was well on the way to becoming the go-to guy for the new software. During this time, Shane would start sniping at me for anything he could plausibly manage. For example, if I was late to a team meeting because a customer call overran, he'd make sure to interrupt whatever was being said to comment something like, Oh look, OP's bothered to grace us with his presence, even though he'd been guilty of the same in the past. Things like email chains too. Almost anything I sent out that included him and our boss on an email, he would reply with some unrelated complaint or observation, completely irrelevant to what was actually being discussed. One day, Mel called me and asked me what my beef with Shane was. I truthfully told her that I'd had no beef at all with him, and he just seemed to have it in for me. She said that if she managed to find anything out, she'd let me know. Things continued like this for a couple of years. I continued to be their go-to guy, and he continued to try to discredit me and generally paint me in a bad as light as possible. One day, we had a major incident. One that literally could have cost the company millions in SLA fines if it was not solved quickly. Our manager split us into teams to troubleshoot specific areas, and she paired me up with Shane. I wasn't happy about it, but whatever, I was a professional. We got on a call and started working through the issue. As our call progressed, it was becoming abundantly clear why he didn't like me. He knew nothing about the new application. He hadn't done any work on it at all. Everything I asked him to check, he needed hand-holding, even for the most basic of tasks. Eventually, I just stared at my screen and said for him to watch me. I went into the guts of the system, through so many logs, explaining to him what I was doing the whole time, and eventually found the problem was with a recent patch that we'd installed. At this point, he dropped from the call. I didn't think anything of this at the time. We use Skype for business and it can be flaky, so I just continued what I was doing. Our process was not to roll back any changes until it had been approved by the senior manager. As I was the one responsible for deploying and rolling back patches, I made some notes about what we needed to do, and then rejoined the main call. I wasn't worried at all because bad patches happened every so often. They just didn't usually have this level of impact. As soon as I did, I got absolutely destroyed by the incident manager. Apparently Shane had returned to the group call and informed everyone present that the outage was caused by an error that I had made in the deployment process, and that Shane had told me what the correct fix was and I'd refused to implement it then and there. I was furious. He had accurately told them the cause of the problem because it was me who literally demonstrated to him how to find it. I had even foolishly mentioned to him what I thought would fix the problem. Because of how long he'd been with the company compared to me, only our immediate team knew the truth about who was really the better skilled person in this situation. His historical reputation still carried a lot of weight with people who didn't work day to day with him. Because this incident was so major, over a hundred people were on this call, several of them two or three levels of management above our team. He made me out to be a reckless, incompetent idiot, and he was believed. Despite my manager's protests, I was disciplined and given a verbal warning. He, meanwhile, was congratulated for steering the company away from a potential disaster and given a commendation. I was so angry, and a while later, Mel gave me a call. Apparently, Shane had been bragging to her about putting that smart butt punk in his place. She was shocked and asked him what he was talking about. 
His real beef was that he thought I had disrespected him by trying to take over his role as go-to guy for the new software. That wasn't my intention at all. I didn't see it as my fault that he was too darn lazy to do the work again. I lamented with Mel that she should have recorded the call. She laughed and said that Skype shows when you're recording a call and he'd never have spilled his guts while being recorded. I immediately had a brainwave. I decided that I would confront Shane one-on-one. I pinged him on Skype and said that I wanted to talk. He responded with a smiley and just said sure. I called him and let him know I was recording this call and the Skype notification popped up to let all participants know that this call was being recorded. I went right for it and accused him of lying about the major incident and said that it seemed like he had a major beef with me. As expected, he lied and said that he was sorry that I felt like I had to react this way. He said that he would need to talk to our boss about it. I said, wait one second, and turned off the Skype recorder. I then said that Skype isn't recording and that he knew exactly what he had done. His mask slipped at this point and he said that he was perfectly in his rights to put me in my place. He said that you need to respect the longer serving people in jobs like this and that he would do it again in a heartbeat. I didn't hold back. I called him a dinosaur who refused to move with the times and wanted to coast out his days here without doing any work. He said that he was a couple of years away from retirement and he'd be darned if he was going to bust his butt for some shiny new software. I said to him, speaking of new software, has he heard of OBS? Of course he hadn't, and I suggested that he Google it. I then hung up on him. Not long after, the messages started. He was begging me not to use the secret recording that I'd taken. He said that if he gets fired, he'll lose his retirement package and his medical benefits. I told him to go screw himself and that he should have considered that before trying to get me fired. I passed all of this on to the relevant channels before really giving it any thought. Things set in motion, and sure enough, a few weeks later, after a company investigation, he was fired. I heard from Mel that he had asked to take an early retirement so as to keep his benefits, but this was apparently rejected. It all came out later that apparently he had significant debts, and that he was counting on his retirement package to keep him financially afloat. With no job and no package, he had no money to pay for the medical treatment which he badly needed. He was in no state to get himself a new job and his skills had stagnated so badly that he couldn't even get a new job online. Mel told me he passed about 6 months after this whole incident due to his ongoing health issues. I felt conflicted about this for a while. Sharing the recording obviously contributed to his death, but I don't know how bad I feel about it. I'm a young guy trying to build my career and he actively tried to destroy me. I should maybe have held off when he pleaded for me to not reveal the truth, but he was old enough and wise enough to not engage in the childish games he played. If I had known he'd been gone as a result of this, I'd maybe have done things differently. It's one that stays with me, that's for sure. I'm still at this company and I can tell you that I will never treat a new employee the way he treated me. So maybe the breaking of that cycle is the positive to come out of all of this. So considering the outcome, do you think if OP could have a second go around that they should withhold that information after they were pleading? Or considering everything that coworker did, did they deserve it regardless of that outcome? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below too. If you do so, you'll never miss out on any of my daily uploads. 
Each one has great stories like our final story of the day written by Dos Cinco Uno Pinco. My petty revenge led me to a nuclear revenge victim. I needed to go into DC for a couple hours yesterday afternoon to tie a few things up at work before leaving for vacation. I didn't leave until a bit after noon, so I was pretty hungry and decided to stop at this nice little deli slash grocery store on the way for a sub. It's a small establishment, but pretty popular. The parking lot is kind of weird. The spaces are on the small side and it's very narrow. I drive a full-size truck because I have to tow heavy crap often. I spot a corner space that's going to be easy for me to get in and out of, so I go for it. I back in partially and then pull out to straighten it up, and a lady swoops in my space in a little Fiat. I put my truck in park and look through the back window. She was on the phone. When I gave a little honk, she looked up and gave me the finger. I gave her a slow shaking head and a thumbs down. I don't know why, but that gesture seems more impactful to me. Like disappointment versus anger. I found myself another spot and started making my way to the deli. The angry lady was still engaged in her conversation, now behind me walking to the deli. She's talking loudly on her phone about the redneck that almost wrecked her car in the parking lot, trying to gain sympathy from whoever she was speaking to, like I god darn tried to assault her with my vehicle. So as I'm in line to take a number to be served, it clicks. I can mess with her a little bit today. I reach up to take my number and pull the next 10, tucking them in as I turn around so the angry lady didn't see them. I make my way down the line, passing out the extra numbers ahead of hers and mine, putting 10 people ahead of us to order and receive food, making her wait an extra 20 or so before she even got to order. Here's where it gets a little fun. My number was directly before hers, so I just waited at the counter after they called mine. As the girl walked up with the next sub, I asked if it was number 469, the angry lady sub. It was of course, so the deli never called her number, and I bought both subs. I don't know how long she waited before she asked about her order, but I do hope she wasn't a jerk to the workers. The second part of this is what I did with the extra sub. I told a story from college a while back, and in the comments, I mentioned that I try to be a little extra now. Part of that is being kind to strangers. I work in DC, there's a ridiculous amount of homeless people here, so I pack an extra lunch a few days a week to eat with some random person. The extra sub was gonna be my lunch date with whoever I ran into that looked like they needed a meal after I parked my truck. I found my overpriced parking spot quickly and grabbed the sandwiches and a couple bottles of water before making the trek towards work. I spotted a guy sitting on a bench with a little sign asking for change. I asked him if he'd like to have lunch with me. His eyes lit up and he shook his head yes. We had a little casual conversation and he asked me why I bought him a sandwich. I told him that oddly enough, I bought it out of spite and told him how I came into ownership of said sub. He laughed, said it was fate that revenge brought him a sandwich and proceeded to tell me the following story that led to him to the life he now lives. He was a young investment baker in the late 90s making serious money. He was married and had a sex addiction. He would spend thousands of dollars on high dollar entertainers to do all kinds of weird stuff to him. He eventually got himself a sugar baby and set her up with an apartment in the city. He had no interest in children but his wife did so he got a secret vasectomy. Thinking that he was only going to be hooking up with two people now, he liked the idea of no condoms or babies at either house. His plan was to stay at the apartment for a couple of weeks to heal while his wife thought he was in San Francisco for business. 
Unfortunately for him, his urologist's office called his home line to check in after a couple of days. This is when his wife started to learn of all his illicit behavior. The cheating, the spending, the stealing of her future family. Over the weeks he was gone, she uncovered his secrets to her, and she sat on it. He told me in the weeks and months after his vasectomy, she started wanting to go out, get drunk, experiment with drugs and hooking up with groups. He was amazed at how much he and her were in sync now. He loved their newfound lifestyle. He really loved the white powder, so much so that he had to evict his sugar baby from the seven to eight grand he was spending a month on blow. He couldn't handle the expense anymore, along with his habit. Luckily, his wife was still ride or die with the swinging, snorting life they had built, so he was going to be okay. And she was going along with every fantasy, recruiting men and women to hook up with. She kept building up this fantasy of having a threesome with his boss's wife, whispering things in his ear when they were hooking up, just really putting her at the forefront of his thoughts. Christmas party time rolls around, and the whole staff is wasted. She keeps at him about the forbidden fruit. The boss's wife goes to the restroom, and his wife follows her. After a few minutes, they come out, and the boss's wife waves at him. As his wife approaches, she tells him that she's down to swap, and that's why she waved. Next time she goes to the restroom, he should just follow her in. She kept him at her side and fluffed him until she sent him gleefully trailing behind his superior's wife into the restroom. No, that's not at all what she was actually waving for. Wifey had said that he didn't think she'd seen him all night and a wave would make him feel better. He exposed himself and said he couldn't wait to taste what her husband left in his wife. After the scream and the slap, the party halted. The next day, he was fired and subsequently blackballed from his industry. His white powder habit sucked what little finances he had left after the divorce. He couldn't keep a job after his life fell apart. He's now homeless and has done some deprived things for a warm place to sleep and a meal. No, not for this meal. I mean, honestly, all I know is that story is insane. And frankly, I feel like the money they spent on that sub was well worth it getting a story like that in return. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of both of these stories, which one was your personal favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.